Tesla's profit margin was squeezed by discounted car prices last quarter, while Netflix added more than twice the subscriptions that were expected by analysts in the second quarter of this year. But both stock prices fell in the after-hours trading. So welcome. This is Swiss Coats Daily Market Talk. So Nasdaq futures are down this morning by about 0.50% at the time I'm talking here after the after hours trading session was actually shaken by results from two US technology giants. One is Tesla and the other one is Netflix. So for both, there was good and less good news on the wire. So let's start with Tesla. Tesla's price cuts that boosted sales and got the company to sell almost half a million cars around the world during last quarter also squeezes profit margins for the third straight quarter to 9.6%. So this number was almost 15% earlier this year. But the company's techno king Elon Musk said he believes that this is the right choice, the right decision still. And it certainly is because Tesla's earnings jumped 20% and its total revenue rose by 47% last quarter. Both results were better than expected, but the stock price fell more than 4% in the after hours trading. Netflix, on the other hand, added 5.9 million new subscribers last quarter. So that's more than double of what was estimated by analysts out there as banning the password sharing actually encouraged people to well subscribe to Netflix and note that Netflix had its second best quarter since the heart of the pandemic yet its sales and its revenue fell short of analyst expectations and that was due to some price cuts in some markets for Netflix and the unfavorable exchange rate for the company while the third quarter forecast also disappointed investors and the stock price fell more than 8% in the after hours trading. So Netflix really could actually post at the current levels after a 170 5% rally since last May. So yes, a 175% rally, you heard me right. But Hollywood strike and the deteriorating macroeconomic conditions are not all negative for Netflix moving forward because first, Netflix gets a big chunk of its content from outside the US and that should actually help the streaming giant diversify risks from the Hollywood strike. And second, as the living crisis in some parts of the world gets worse by the way well people could actually be tempted to stay at home and just watch Netflix. Plus, it is said that with competition tightening its purse strings due to unfavorable credit and macroeconomic conditions, well, Netflix could find itself with less competition too. So, it could actually be time for a downside correction in Netflix stock price at the current levels, which actually trades in the overbought market conditions right now. But any price pullback that we could see in the coming uh, weeks could actually serve as interesting entry opportunities for further gains for those who actually like the Netflix stock. Though we all know that this quarter's jump in subscriptions for Netflix was probably a 
one of jump, making it quite hard to predict how these numbers will be impacted in the next few quarters. And well, that's not all for the big technology stocks because Apple also made headlines at yesterday's trading session as new that it's quietly working on generative AI called Ajax, apparently, but that employee is called uh, Apple GPT. Also, please, investors, and send Apple's stock price just a few points below the $200 psychological mark at yesterday's trading session. Microsoft and Google fell more than 1% on the news, but Apple apparently doesn't have a clear strategy for releasing the technology to customers just yet. And no matter what they say, well, the chat GPT's arrival this year was like a bomb, really, and it will be quite hard to dethrone Microsoft with a bigger bang in the new future. So that's my thinking. So that's it for big technology stocks for this episode. On the bank's front, well, Goldman Sachs was quite right warning investors that it was going to have a bad, bad quarter because it really had a bad, bad quarter. I mean, its earnings slumped 58% in the second quarter of this year on investment banking, and that was the worst among the big US banks. And also the return on equity, which is the key measure of profitability, fell 4% last quarter. So that was also the worst, worst among the big US banks. But happily, and I say happily, investors were well prepared for the bad news from Goldman Sachs and barely reacted. And bank shares overall will likely come under pressure in the uh, few coming weeks in expectation of tighter capital rules in the US. And overall, well, the S&P 500 and Nasdaq index both extended gains at yesterday's trading session, but we could actually see some consolidation and perhaps a minor downside correction at today's session. The US two-year yield, on the other hand, remains steady around the 470-480% range as the Federal Reserve officials are finally in their quiet period before the next monetary policy meeting from the Fed and just can't keep insisting that there will be more rate hikes on horizon. We understood that. So the US dollar index consolidates and slightly corrects to the upside. The dollar-yen tested the 140 psychological resistance again on the back of softening Bank of Japan expectations, with no more than a fifth of forecasters for the BOJ predicting that the BOJ will adjust its yield curve control policy this July. So the new governor, Ueda, from the BOJ is sticking to his easy monetary policy still, and the improved functioning of the bond market also doesn't call for urgent action, it is said. So October is now the month that investors expect a change to happen at the BOJ. On the other hand, cable tipped a toe below the 1.29 mark at yesterday's trading session after the latest inflation figures in the UK came in softer than expected yesterday morning, remember, we talked about it, and that helped traders trim a 50 basis point hike expectation for the next BOE meeting, while the euro took the opposite direction yesterday after the core CPI came in higher than expected at 5.5% level in June. So the letter somehow reversed or pushed back the European Central Bank dose that were actually boosted earlier this week by comments from the European Central Bank's not that a rate hike for the ECB beyond the next week's monetary policy meeting is all but guaranteed. But what does he know, right? I mean, it all depends on 
inflation and where the inflation is headed. And if inflation doesn't cool enough, well, the European Central Bank has no reason to stop fighting. But we still could read in Bloomberg News yesterday, especially I saw it yesterday, I think that a 500 billion US dollar worth of storm of corporate debt stress is starting to be felt across the globe. And that big, big bankruptcies are now piling up at the second fastest speed since 2008. So that's obviously bad news and that's threatening to hit the economic growth in the coming quarters around the world. And it also comes as a counterweight to the news of receding recession odds recently and to the optimistic soft landing hopes as well. In the commodity space, well, wheat futures were up 8.5% at yesterday's trading session as Russia feels tensions in the Black Sea because the Russian defense ministry said that all but all vessels in the Black Sea heading to Ukrainian ports will be considered potential carriers of military cargo starting from today. So just note that Bloomberg is my source for these news. And then also the Russian President Vladimir Putin won't attend next week's BRICS leader summit in person so that he won't risk getting arrested in South Africa. So that's also uh, from a Bloomberg news, mind you. And more concerning for everyone and for the planet, well, we are burning right now. We have been literally burning since weeks now. I mean, even forests in Swiss Alps, which are supposed to be safe, are burning today as not a day, a single day goes by without a record temperature is hit somewhere all around the world. So it's quite this quitting. As a result, investors are now putting some eggs in their ESG funds. Flex shares ESG fund, for example, is up by 20% since March. It's not Netflix 100 and something percent rise, obviously, but it's a good comeback for the ESG stocks right now. Some AC makers, on the other hand, are also performing well these days on rising temperatures around the world. Carrier Global, for example, soared 37% since the beginning of the this June, while some generator stocks like Generac, for example, see increased demand from investors as well on power shortage risks. So this is all for today. I'm Ipeko Skardeshke and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on Twitter and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again tomorrow. And until then, good day trading.